Welcome to another episode of Nikki Jameson Art Talks, a podcast where we artists talk about our creative lives. I'm Nikki Jameson, and today my guest is the talented solo wedding cellist JM from Birmingham, England. Okay, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or good afternoon, wherever you are. I am here for another artist talk. And today I have my guest, artist Jay Emmy. And Jay, I hope I'm pronouncing your name, <laughs> your last name properly. <laughs> You've got to correct me if I'm not. So, I will but I get. It's JM, because those are my actual J- initials. Oh, oh see? <laughs> You learn something new every time. Every time. <laughs> see, see I, sometimes I get that with my with my name, Marenica. Sometimes people just don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, I, I use Nikki. So it's JM. And thank JM. you so much, Jay, for uh, joining us today. Uh, we are going to have, I know, the most fantastic chat. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for those of us listening, this is Nikki Jameson, Artist Talk. And... We are going to be talking with JM and we're going to go through some wonderful questions. I'm going to find out all about uh, Jay. So Jay, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Welcome. I know you are a musician and a freelance session and wedding. uh, Do I say it right? Yes. Wedding chest. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I'm fumbling with my words today because sometimes this looks right when I wrote it down, but am I saying it right? So so Jay, you are a wedding wedding cellist. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how and why did you become a cellist? And as we were talking just before we started recording this, you were actually a photographer, uh, um, a wedding photographer. So just tell us how, how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Okay, so a lot of a lot of my life seems to seemingly happen by accident. So, um, so I became a cellist. I was at school, and I was um, I was what five years old. And the teacher, and I remember it so clearly. The teacher walks into the classroom and said, "Right, we have a cello teacher in school. Who would like to learn to play the cello?" And I had no idea what the cello was. So I stuck my hand up and said, me, me, I'll do it. And literally the rest is history. <laughs> wow! No clue what I was signing myself up for. But I'm like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. I can do this. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was back when I was five, um, played, um, left, right and center. I mean, cello literally became my life for some 20 something years. Um, and then I, uh, oh, then I got into a really, really bad time. So, um, I have a mental health problems, so I suffer from depression and got into a really bad time and literally just put my cello down and sort of quit if you like I just couldn't play anymore and that was a time when I picked up a camera my um my then husband gave me a camera and said look you know you're creative here you go try this um and then within about a year um a friend said Jay I've seen your photos you do a pretty good job do you want to come and help me out with his wedding and I was like okay yeah that sounds good fun and that was it I, I was so hooked I couldn't I just couldn't stop that the being creative and being such an integral part of somebody's day and producing amazing results. Just so many things all tied in together just was just absolutely amazing. Um, and then before you knew it, I had literally set up my own photography business from the ground up within, that was again from within two years of picking up a camera. Um, and then was found myself traveling the world photographing weddings. Just, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So yeah, so I did, um, you know, I did um, Germany. I did all of England, good grief, top to bottom in England. Um, I, the, I think my highlights was finishing 
um, a wedding in Thailand, which was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, wedding on the beach. Oh, it was so, so good. And so, yeah, and then it, it's just been a whirlwind. But then it got to the point where about three years ago, I thought, you know what? I think I'm ready to go back to my cello. So I picked it up at very apprehensively, very nervously and thought, right, okay, this isn't too bad. I'm very, very rusty, but still. Um, and then started looking around for local orchestras to see if there's any, any orchestras that I recognize from previous time. Um, started playing with a local orchestra and then literally just that the world just kind of flew by and took me with it. Um, and that was, that was about three years ago. And today I am now, um, playing professionally solo cello at weddings. And then I play with various orchestras around the UK. That, <laughs> that is amazing. That's like, what a, what a journey. It's a bit bonkers. <laughs> what a journey that is. How, how did you even keep up with, with, uh, with that? That's just like living, living life out loud, really. You know? yeah. My friends will always say that I'm, I'm weirdly loud without being loud. Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm not necessarily a loud and outgoing person, but I am, it's important to me to live life to the full. And if there's something that I feel that I want to learn to do or want to be able to do, I pretty much don't stop until I can do it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So you, <laughs> I'm just kind of absorbing, I'm just kind of absorbing that. No, I think that is, I think that's really wonderful. So how did you, um, I think we might get into this later on, but I just wanted to touch on the point that, so how did you, um, um, manage your mental, your mental health issues with both bridging from photography to your professional cello playing? I mean, yeah. how did, how did, how did you balance, how did you balance that or how did you oh, gosh. navigate um, that? That very, might be a biggest. That a, might be a good question for later. But I just wanted yeah. to because you did mention it. I think it is important. Um, but how did you do that? I think. You'd like to touch on it. Yeah, I think if to touch on it, the, my initial answer is um, have the right people in the right place. Um, so I I have um, an in, incredible circle of friends right now who have just been phenomenal um, in making a comeback, as it were, to music. And I think had I not had these people in place, I don't think I'd have been as mentally as successful as I have been. Um, and it's just, it is literally just having just the right people in just the right place. It's just, it, yeah, I can't put it any other way. It's just having those people have just been incredible for me. Absolutely incredible. That's amazing. That's yeah. great. And I think so, so encouraging to hear because um, it's, it is such a, a topic uh, today. It's more and more people talk about uh, or, or having the courage to talk about the fact that they have mental health um, issues and things that they're, you know, challenges, right? So, yes. So I think that's important. But we will probably come back to maybe come back to that later. Yeah. So, so you you said you stuck your hand up and said you <laughs> were just like that, yeah. <laughs> as, as you do. Yes. That is literally the story of my life. Oh my <laughs> that is how my but, life goes. That is literally that how my is, life goes. That is so bold, really, because it's almost like you don't leave time for, for doubts to creep in. It's like, no. say yes and figure it out afterwards, which yes. is really yes. a wonderful way to do things because... It, you know, you uh, because when we're trying, when we're doing things like that, we're aspiring to do things. We so often let fear get in, and it's oh, what if, uh, what yes. about? But it seems like you just say, oh, we'll worry about that 
later. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think certainly for the last four or five years, I think just about everything I've done has literally been right. So there's the deep end. I'm just going to jump in and any minute now I'll figure out how to swim. <laughs> That's literally, that is literally what happened. I love that. I just love that. It's like fear up yours, right? We're going yes. yes. to... <laughs> I'm being irreverent right from the start. Yeah, yeah. I think you're not a good influence on me already. I'm, I can I'm tell quite, that. I'm quite dangerous sometimes. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't apologise. It's great. <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> so we, we establish you jump off the, the deep end. You go and look, you find the deep end and jump off and you, you either sink or swim and most of the time you swim. So uh, that is that is fantastic and I think that's really inspiring. So I'm going to ask, so your cello, your cello has a name, right? Yes. And it's, it's over 200 years old. So tell us yeah. the story of your your, your, your cello. Is it, is, is it a he or it's a he, it's right? It's a he. His name is Sid. And Sid. Sid. <laughs> it's so random. So it's really weird. So I have, I this is like my, um this is the fifth cello I've owned now. And right. I find that every time I own a cello, there's, I've always had some kind of connection with it. It's really weird. So a lot of people say, oh, it's just a box with some metal and some strings. It's just wood. It doesn't mean anything. But every single cello, old or new, has character. And certainly the first time I met Sid, as it were, um, he was down at my local, um, what we call a luthier, who's basically kind of re- repairs, restores and makes string instruments. And I was on the, in the market for a new cello anyway. And he showed me Sid and there was just, I don't know what it was, but I picked up Sid and played, I think, about three notes and thought, this cello needs to be mine. And he was actually earmarked for somebody else. And I felt really terrible. And I was calling this guy up every day. It's like, has he been sold yet? Has he been sold yet? Is he still there? I've already named him. So, you know, theoretically, theoretically he's mine. So I was just kind of like, look, one way or another, I am going to own this cello. I can't afford it. He doesn't even belong to me, but I'm going to make it happen. This is the story of my life. This is the, I see something, I'm going to make it happen, so I make it happen. Oh, um, that's great. It's just, yeah. And so, yeah, and then um, I think about a week and a half later, my Luthia called me up and said, so, Jay, just so you know, the people who are looking at buying Sid, they've fallen through. Sid is yours if you want him. And I think I screamed a lot. <laughs> and then found some money from somewhere for a deposit and then paid him off uh, in full a few weeks later. Had him insured. And I tell you what, he, he's my bae. I love my child. Oh, he's your he's bae. So he's my bae. He is my bae. He's so lovely. Oh, my God. Me and Sid, man. Me and Sid. <laughs> Well, I tell you, Jay, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to um, send some pictures so I can post some pictures of you and Jay. Yeah. I know. Sid is Sid is life. Sid is literal life. Wow. So, so is there a relationship between um, a musician and a cellist then, or is yours just like way out there, or yeah. you have this special relationship? No. Do people- do they usually have a relationship with their instruments like this? Or? It's kind of, it's weird to explain. I think you just, yeah. you spend, when you're, when you're playing as much as I am or more than I am, you have to have this weird kind of connection with the instrument where you literally intricately know exactly in detail how it works. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm, when I'm playing my cello, I have to know where 
all the notes are in the most minute detail. It's like there has to be no room for error. And when you look at someone playing the cello and it's like, there's no frets, there's no markers. Um, and then even the way the cello vibrates. So there are sometimes cellos have issues where some notes don't sound properly because it vibrates at the same frequency at the cello and the resonations and all those things. And it's kind of knowing how to fix that whilst you're playing. And it's even, there's just so many intricate details that, um, that musicians, yeah, that musicians do have with their instruments. And it's just because you have to just know exactly how the instrument works. And it's just, the detail is so fine. It's, it's immensely fine. And yeah, it's, it gets to the point where you literally know your cello or your instrument, as it were, like the back of your hand, if not in more detail than the back of your own hand, it's crazy, but it's, that seems wow. to be what happens. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is cool. This is really good because I've never, um, I've, I've never, even not that I've never really questioned it, but you know, I I love watching um or listening to orchestra orchestras and yes. watching all the different musicians playing and seeing how all the notes merge together to br- produce this beautiful sound, yes. right? In orchestral planes. And it never occurred to me that, you know, there's a relationship with the musician and their instrument, although yes. probably yeah. It, it probably make, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it really like, makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> if you think like an artist or like even a makeup artist and they have a preferred set of brushes that they prefer to use. Yes. Or, um, you know, a sports, uh, a rally driver has a particular car setup that they prefer to use because it just works for them and they know exactly what's going to happen if they do something particular with that, with those set of tools. So I mean, at the end yes. of the day, Sid is, a, you know, a set of tools that I work with, but yeah. because I work so intricately with him to produce a, the exact sounds that I want, I have to know exactly what to do to get those sounds. Yeah. And it's just like an artist with their tools as well. Yes. Yes. You know, an artist knows their tools and knows exactly what they, what those, those tools are going to produce. Yes. And that's what gives them, that's what helps them produce their work and yes. uh, gives them confidence. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, really, absolutely. thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Okay. <laughs> I love I love doing these because I learn something new all, every every yes. time. And I, yeah. I really just find it fascinating. I could listen to that for, for ages, but we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. I'm sure we're going to talk about Sid in, in, in some more of it. So that's, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> okay. So Jerry, what inspires you to do what you do? What, um, oh, what makes you do what you, what you're doing now? Oh my goodness. That is such a huge question. <laughs> no, oh gosh. Well, it's, it's not so much, um, in fact, it's not so much inspiration. It's more like um, a need. It's a want. So, I mean, we've already established that a lot of my life is um, I reach for new goals and new targets and achievements all the time. Um, I love to, I'm a sucker for a challenge. If somebody says to me, oh, Jay, can you have a go at I'm like, yeah, just give me five minutes and I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bonkers that that happens. But Certainly when it comes to learning an instrument, it's, it's endless. You are always learning something new. There are no limits. I mean, teachers, people say, oh, once you start teaching, then in theory, you should know it all. But teachers are always learning as well. So, yeah, so constantly being um, inspired and just, yeah, I think it's just constantly having new goals, new achievements, wanting to not necessarily be better, but wanting to learn all the time. But also what's really important to me, Sid is kind of like my voice. So um, if I'm frustrated or sad or happy or whatever, and I can't necessarily put it down into words, but there's or I, there's nobody around to talk to, quite often I'll just pick Sid up and play. And it's just kind of a sense of release, which is really, really 
cathartic. It's helpful and it's just kind of helps me. Yeah, kind of helps offload in a certain way. So yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It's, it's a lot of things. It's not necessarily inspiration. It's more like a need to have to play, as it were. I get that. I get that entirely. And yeah. uh, like even with my with my own art, I think it's interesting that you do that. You say it's not so much inspiration. It's almost like you're inspired by doing yes. by going into that place where you where you're doing what you do, uh, like with with Sid and and you're playing, and. Um, I really get what you're saying there. That it's a need. I, you know, like I have to do this. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I just have to have to do this, and it will make everything else kind of fall into its proper place, right? Yes. Something like that, because that's how I feel when I'm doing my art. Often, that uh, you know, I, I don't wait for the inspiration to come no, necessarily. No, no, no. Because I've been waiting forever. Sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes inspiration comes along. You don't even realize it's inspiration. You don't even see it. So sometimes it's best to sort of get going and the inspiration just kind of falls in front of you anyway. That seems to be what happens for me. And I really, I love that because then it's just kind of keeping an open mind and then yes. I'm more inspired anyway by just doing. So yeah, it's I kind of a doing. nice circle. It's, it's, it just kind of feeds into itself. Yes, I've often found that as well. That's okay. Let's just get going and start doing. Yes. Let's start doing this. I don't really know where this is going to go. And then without my even knowing it, it's like, oh, wow. I'm, yes. And I don't stop and say, I'm fe- I don't stop and say, oh, I'm feeling really inspired now. I'm just no. in that flow. I'm in that place and I'm just going on and doing it. And then when I come out at the end of it, it's like, how did I, how did I do this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, story of my life. Yeah. 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 It's like, how did, how did I get here? How the heck you know? did I make that happen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but the key thing is there, I think, Jay, is that you start doing, like you listen yes. to that need or yes. that, that, that impelling thing that makes you do it. And I think it also stops us procrastinating and using all sorts of reasons why we can't do something to just go ahead and do it. Let's just ha- see what happens when we go ahead and do it. And then who knows what comes out of that and surprises us and, you know, gives us something new to, to look at and to think about. So that's, that's really, ins- that is in itself inspiring. That's right, Thank exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, it just happens. It literally just happens. Okay. Really Wonderful. All right. So I had, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is that, and I think maybe, maybe you've answered it in the first part of the, the, the question, the previous question rather, but let's see how we do with that. So what inspires you to, um, to keep growing as an artist? So as, as a musician and in all that you're doing, is there anything that, um, that, that keeps moving you forward to say, um, to inspire you. But I think you said that, you know, you have that need to keep growing, the, yes. the need for a challenge and to see, you know, where, almost where you can push yourself and just do it. Is, is that, is that what keeps you moving forward or do you have anything else that you oh, do? That, partly, um, yeah. But I'd say, <laughs> I'd say at the moment, YouTube is the bane of my life at the minute. It has a lot to answer for. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I know where you're going, but tell yeah. us more about that. So I'm in the middle of, literally in the middle of um, doing a master's degree in performance. And as part of the, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole other one. Let me come back to that one. (laughs) But I end up doing um, a lot of research on performance. So I have to know what pieces I want to play and I have to find new pieces. So I end up looking on YouTube for pieces and I think, oh, that's nice. And then you end up going down the YouTube wormhole where you think, oh, that's a nice piece. Oh, what's this one sound like? That's Oh God, that's amazing. And then before you know it, you've heard about 20 new pieces. Your shopping trolley on Amazon is full of sheet music (laughs) that you're looking to buy. And then you're asking your friends, have you played this piece? And like, yeah, yeah, go and check out such and such. 
And then it's just like, it's just, oh my God, I can't, guys, stop. I can't, I, I can't take on any more work right now for crying out loud. I need an intervention for you two. Yeah, I, I need an intervention. It's kind of ridiculous. So yeah, so I'm constantly looking at new pieces on YouTube for, just for things to play. Um, and then friends, again, it's having the right friends in the right places. I am surrounded by, um, I can't even find the words, who friends who are almost painfully talented. It's borderline ridiculous. And they are, the thing is, they're so incredibly humble with it as well. I don't think they actually realize how talented they are. And I look at them and I think, I kind of want to be like that when I grow up. <laughs> so yes, like, yes, They're yes. really quite amazing. And, you know, they play and they, they go out and do, and just doing is inspiring and they're inspired by that. And yeah, I look at things like that and I, yeah, I think to myself, I want to do that. I don't believe in, I can't do that. I might not do it as well as them, but I sure as heck I'm going to give it a try. And that seems to be, again, um, you know, just sort of wanting to keep growing. I think it's just sort of looking around and seeing what's around me and thinking, yeah, I'm going to set yet another goal. I'm going to set yet another target and I want to achieve it. So let's just go for it and try it and see what happens. I think that is just wonderful. I mean, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, this is just, this is really great. And also I know that many people listening to this or who will hear this will hopefully be encouraged by this. Oh, I hope so. I do hope so. Because uh, you kind of use people's uh, like your friends talent and um this their their personalities and who they are as ways to encourage and inspire yourself and, yes and i know and I, you probably know this with with artists sometimes our tendency is to is to compare ourselves as opposed uh, to being inspired right. by can i by, tell you do you want that so i have to tell you this that i i can't remember where it came from i don't know if i heard it somewhere if i made it up myself but when I put down my cello and picked up the camera, I plastered my computers with post-it notes and they all said the same thing. And this little saying is literally what has fueled me forwards for the last however many years now. And it literally was, don't be intimidated, be inspired. And I took it, literally took it at face value. So anytime I saw something, I thought, oh, I could never do that. And, actually, and I would just as quickly turn around and say, well, there's no reason why I can't do that. So let's have a go. And as a result, now some 10, 12, 13 years later, now my life is, yeah, I'm inspired. Let's give that a go. I know I can do that. It might take me a long time. I might do it immediately. Let's give it a go rather than, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, that's going to be too hard. I can't, I haven't got time to do that. I haven't got time to sit and wonder about it. The only time I've got yeah. is just to get up and do it. Yeah. So yeah. So seeing other people being amazing. And I think, yeah, I want to be that amazing too. So let's just go out there and do it. So I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to be inspired by what they're doing and, and be as good as them. Not necessarily better. I want to be as good as them, but better in my own way, in a way that works for me. That's, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that is profound. That's one of my favorite words these days. When I'm <laughs> talking to artists, they say these things. I think that is profound. <laughs> that is yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And seriously, this is what we need to hear from, from, from artists, right? I mean, and I think it's because we don't often, I mean, you're, I think you've garnered yourself and surrounded yourself with people and you draw on that inspiration and that encouragement. Yeah. But so often we need to hear this from artists. <clears throat> we're saying that, you know, we're just going to go ahead and do it and not yes. stop and wait and compare. And because when you compare yourself, it's so not creative, right? No, it's not. No. It's, it's someone else's everything. story. It's not even your own story. It's someone else's story. 
It doesn't even make sense. And that. And their story, they could be like 20 chapters ahead of you, or they could be 15 chapters behind you. You don't know. So you can't compare to somebody else. You can learn from what someone else is doing and you can yes. take on board the wonderful things that they're doing and you can see the mis- any mistakes that they've made and learn from them. And learn. But you can't be alongside unless you've both started the exact same chapter at the exact same time. It just doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work. work that way. No. Well, I'm so glad. Uh, I'm glad you articulated that and said that because it's really something. It's a message that I think we need to hear over and over again to yes. remind ourselves that you know what, don't waste time comparing. You know, no, chart your no. chart your own course, tell your own story, find your own voice, and that is what is going to impact you know your world around you. Yes, absolutely. So, anyway, that's 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 how I think. Anyway, yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely, and you and you as well. Okay, so um. Thank you so much for, for that. I think that that's, that's really wonderful to hear that. So can you share a bit, Jay, about how, has, how your music has impacted your life and then how has it impacted the life of others? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> These are big, big questions, right? <laughs> right, go. Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, oh, well, it's been tough. I, I, I won't lie. Um, the music industry for me has been... Um, excruciatingly tough at times. I am okay. So I'm, I'm black. I'm female. I am kooky. I am quirky. I, as my, as a lot of my friends say, I shine brightly because I'm just kind of there doing what I want to do and trying to be as authentic to myself as possible. Um, I'm very individual and all of those things, as it were, do not make a classical musician, especially a cellist. And the, the problem is that the classical industry often expects you to fit in. If, I, if you're playing in an orchestra, you're not expected to stand out unless you have a particular solo line where you're expected to play a solo line and, you know, it's all eyes on you. Mm. It's, it shouldn't, you shouldn't stand out in any way, shape or form. And it's been really difficult because I kind of, I, I literally can't even squish myself into a box. It just doesn't happen. I've tried to do it. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I quit cello first time round because I spent a lot of time trying to squish myself into a box and conform with everyone else's expectations. Um, and that just didn't work. Um, just, it's just not me. It's not who I am. It's not what I can do. Um, so that played a massive part in sort of create, uh, making my mental health and my depression a serious issue. And it was a massively serious issue for the longest time. Um, so yeah, so it was down tools. Like I remember having literally having a full on, um, mental breakdown. I, um, I think at the time I had three or four cellos and I think I sold two on eBay on a whim. Um, and it was, uh, it was only friends and family who said, please don't sell the other two, Jay, just put them away somewhere, but don't sell them, don't sell them. Um, I gave away tons of cello accessories, tons of music, and I just put everything away and didn't touch any of it again. And it was literally just because. I did the thing that I should never have done, which is just trying to conform and fit in and, you know, be the same as everyone else. There's too much comparison. And it was a lesson that I learned the hard way. I really, really learned it the hard way. It took me about a year and a half to come back um, and go into any kind of creativity after all of that. And it was just, it was really, really sad because it shouldn't have happened, but it did. But even Mm. back in the industry now, I'm still ever conscious that, you know, I, I don't fit in, but the difference is now is that I'm, I personally am more accepting of that. I, it's fine that I don't fit in. 
it's mm. fine that I don't sort of blend into the orchestras or into the small ensembles. It's fine that I, when I turn up to a wedding, um, people are like, oh, are you one of the guests? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm the wedding chalice. And people kind of raise an eyebrow and go, what, really? What? But, but, but what? So it's, it's been a learning curve. It has been a really, really big learning curve. But yeah, it's, it's been tough. It's been so tough, yeah. but it's been, I've had to ex- learn to accept a lot of things. And I've also had to learn to shrug off a lot of things that actually know that if someone else has that um, opinion of what a cellist could or should be, that's their opinion. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stick to it because that's not my opinion. Um, a wedding cellist could be seven foot tall and have a skinhead and tattoos, or they could be, uh, I don't know, vertically challenged and need to play on like a quart size cello and can only play twinkle, twinkle. You know, what? it doesn't, I don't yeah. care. Nothing to do with me. So I just literally just rock up and do my thing and enjoy it. And that's how I've had to be very conscious about how music impacts my own personal life. It's literally yeah. say, you know what, this is how I live my life. As long as I'm not hurting anybody else, then this is fine. So I'm just going to get yeah. on with it and do it. No, that, that is, thank you for sharing that. That is really, that really resonates with me. And just, I just wanted to go back, Jay, to your point about, you know, not, I mean, conforming or being pressured to yeah. conform. I mean, I think that is such a, a, a clear example. Um, also felt um, on my sides often because don't fit into no, artists no. <laughs> in, any, <laughs> no. in any way, shape or form. And um, it's, I, I love the way you, 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 you told that story because it's, it's like you had to learn that trying to conform is, is actually really detrimental. It is. To it's you, to you. terrible. And, it's terrible. Yeah, and can also almost, well, almost probably did crush your spirits as yes. well as your, your, you know, your, men, your, your uh, mental health, which was, you know, the outcome uh, of, of that. And it's such a, it, it, it's such a lesson. And um, I don't know how many people learn that or have to go through that to learn not to conform and to just, you know, be your authentic self. But uh, I just want to thank you for sharing that. You are listening to Nikki Jameson Art Talks with guest artist, solo wedded cellist, JM from Birmingham, England. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share, like, and leave us a review on iTunes. Let's get back to the interview. It's okay. I am who I am. Or were, were there things that you actually did uh, or, you know, thought, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. And were there any impacts? It was, it was kind of, the whole situation was a little bit unfair in that um, it, it happened. I started to learn to not conform because I, I broke. I mean, I literally physically and mentally broke and it was kind of like in that time when I was broken, it took me a year and a half to start repairing myself. And I'm not going to say fully repair myself. It took me that time to start repairing myself. It took me that time to um, find the right bits of glue. So this isn't even music anymore. This is going into photography or finding other means of creativity and, um, you know, ways to be an artist. So it took me that time to say, okay, that didn't work. Maybe I should look at why it didn't work. What was bothering me? What was, um, what was making me feel this way? What, what, what was it that broke me? And it's, yeah, it's, I suppose in the time that it took me to start putting myself back together, I, yeah, I jokingly say I started using a different kind of glue to fix myself rather than the same old glue that I've been using before, which was very unstable and was basically the same old junk that is kind of like, was easy for people to poke cracks back into. 
Whereas this time around, it's like, okay, I need to do something different because this, this is not working. And if I keep going down this path, I'm going to be in an awful lot of trouble or, you know, the, the worst, the unthinkable is going to happen. And I had to be very, very realistic about that. And it's a terrifying way to think, but it, I had to be realistic. So finding, it was finding new ways to think, finding new outlets, finding new circles of friends, finding new people to rely on, to cope, help me cope. It just, it just, it, it sparked a number of very small, but very significant changes. Hmm. Well, small and significant to me, I suppose, from the outside looking in, going from being a cellist, going to, into photography is a massive change. And like, that does actually make sense. But, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm only laughing because I, when I saw that, because uh, I knew you in the photography uh, sphere, and then I saw you in the cellist sphere playing the cello, <laughs> and I thought, What's the connection? How, how did yeah. that happen? I literally thought. Yeah. But I thought I have to interview you because I partly, for my own curiosity, I thought I need to find out how that happened because I don't see the. I mean, I, I thought that you must have had some playing in maybe a former life, but I thought <laughs> yes. I didn't see the transition. So I'm really pleased that you actually that we're talking about it today. Yeah, it's I think those who didn't know about my former life, and that's the thing, it was a former life. Um the whole right. time as a, as a photographer, it was a former life. And I know that there are many people out there who had no idea um that I was actually a cellist for the longest time and was playing in orchestras and had traveled the world <laughs> and doing this and that and all the other stuff. It was really, really exciting, but it just got to the point where I, yeah, I was learning lessons and I was learning them the hard way. Um, but you know, what? I don't have any regrets because I'm kind of like, look at me now in just in the sense that, um, I am stronger and, um, and more learned. I know how to handle situations better. I am able to spot warning signs when I'm doing the wrong thing in terms of, oh, no, I'm trying to copy them too much or I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to blend in. This isn't working anymore. What do I need to change? So it's been eye-opening and it's been helpful, but it's just been a really tough lesson to learn. It's taken a phenomenal amount of strength and sometimes I don't know how I've done it, but I'm still here, so. <laughs> oh, you're still here. But, you know, in fact, Jay, I think that all of us at some point, uh, and maybe we don't learn the lessons when we're supposed to learn the lessons. I agree. That, that's really how we come into our own, I think. I think that, because here, hearing you say this, I, I, I'm saying that, but yeah, when we look back and we think what we have been through in our life experiences, you seem to have taken them with both hands and actually stopped and said, you know, this can't go on like this, you yes, know, and yeah. gone through it the other side and then can see this is what I did. And I don't know how I did this, but I did this and taking your, you know, these lessons as you, as you yes. rightly said it. And this is, this is how we learn, I think. And this is how we I don't know how to put it. I don't think I'm really saying it properly, but how we stand up for our values and know what our values are. Yes, absolutely. That you have to be, um, there's a level of um, self-certainty. Um, you have to kind of know yourself enough to know what it is that you want to do. You have to, when you set a target in front of you, you have to really want it and you have to know that you really want it. If you're going at it kind of like half-hearted and you're thinking, oh, it Maybe it might be nice to do that. Like even with this master's degree, it was kind of like, um, in fact, the, in fact, the master's degree, in fact, the whole of last year is a, is a classic example of, of this 100% certainty. So again, um, I had uh, w one of my friends, um, she, she blows my mind with how talented she's a violinist. 
And if she ever listens to this, she knows who she is. She's a, she's a violinist. Um, and, you know, she studied down in London and she now plays concertos around Birmingham, the West Midlands and South Birmingham and, and parts of the UK. And she is, she is phenomenal. And I remember looking at her thinking, I want to be that good. I don't think I'll ever be that good, but I want to be that good. So it's kind of like a conflict in itself. I want to do that, but I don't know how. Yeah. So I auditioned um, to do um, a postgrad performance diploma at Birmingham Conservatoire. I had pretty much zero preparation for it, but all I knew was that that was a stepping stone towards what it was that I wanted to do. Did the audition and literally in the middle of the audition, they said, yeah, we don't think you're ready. And, you know, as a mom of two, do you really think you'll have the time to do this? Well, to me, that's like, that's a red flag to a bald man. Don't, don't, don't say things <laughs> don't like that. Don't, don't, don't come at me with things like that. Don't tell me I can't do this. If you t- I mean, really? You really going to say that to me? Oh, honey, no. No, no, they no, 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 no. Clue. They have no clue. They have absolutely no clue. They're like, yeah, no, you, you, you're not ready for this. You're not ready for performance. You're not ready for um, postgrads. You're not ready for any kind of masters. Take a couple of years, maybe get some practice in and then come back, you know, Bearing in mind, the courses that they recommended in the interim would have cost me about £5,000 a year and still wouldn't have got me the qualifications that I'd wanted. And I'm kind of like, no, that's crap. I don't believe that. So I kind of ambled along for a few more months and then was scrolling through Facebook in the middle of September, last, last September, and still thinking to myself, I want a qualification. I want to be better. How do I do this? Yeah. Literally, the next day, scrolling through Facebook, advert pops up part-time master's degree at University of Birmingham. I'm thinking, hmm, part-time master's. Do they have a performance course? Yes, they do. I sent my, I investigated um, and found out that the closing date was the end of September. I had two weeks to put together an audition, put together a a short assignment. I think like a, was it a five? uh, It was a 1,000 word assignment. And then a 5,000 character self-assessment. And I'm thinking, I haven't had a lesson, cello lesson for how many years? I don't even know where my assignments are and I need to talk about myself. I'll agree. I submitted a video of myself playing and the paperwork um, 24 hours before the deadline. Wow. 24 hours later, I had an email saying, congratulations, you're on the course. You're on fire, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You're determined. I don't oh mess around. God. I don't mess around. No messing around. If I want something, I will go for it. And not in a, not necessarily in an aggressive way, but if I see a goal or achievement, I'm going to go for it. If I think to myself, I want to be better, I want to improve, I'm going to find a way to do that. And you have to be so certain of, of what it is that you want. And I think the problem with a lot of artists is there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty. Yeah, they're not sure. They don't know. They're, they're, they're wondering whether, oh, should I do that? Or somebody wants me to do that? Yeah, or exactly. Just, would somebody else do it or should I do it? Somebody else didn't do it, so maybe I won't do it. And it's like, it's stop, stop worrying about whether somebody else. Just, just look at your own little story and write your own little story and just see where it goes. Be inspired by, what, by other people's stories, by all means. And like I said, this violinist... I looked at what she's doing. I'm like, I can't do concertos and things like she does, but I would love to have that level of confidence to go out and do what she does. And it's coming step by step. It's coming. 
it's I'm sure you know, you're it's, gonna, it's going to it's it's already there you just haven't reached it yet Jen. exactly exactly <laughs> that is so inspiring that is that is just wonderful i love i love hearing hearing this and i i can't wait to share this, this, <laughs> share this podcast because because it's so um it's it's just giving me like like a lift just good oh, i'm so glad you just go out there and say, that's what I want to do. Yes, and yes. I'm not going to be put off. And I love the way that, you know, yeah, when you were talking about this and, oh, you know, you're not ready, you're not this, you're not that. There's one thing there about mm, people, telling, people telling you what they think, which is like, no, I don't believe this. Yes, you know? yes, so yes. A belief in yourself to say, well, I still want to do what I want to do. And then oh, yes. something, else, something else coming up. And also... The point I wanted to make there as you were talking was that just because you get knocked back by a refusal the first time around, sometimes it's a doorway to something even better. Yes, it is. Still yes. on that second stone to that yes. goal. Yeah. So not not to give up just because you get no the first time around, no. right? Can you imagine if we all stopped just because somebody said no the first time? We'd never be anywhere. Oh. We'd never do anything. Everyone would we'd all just fail from the word go. It would be ridiculous. It would just be ridiculous. And as a result, uh, you know, ironically, this, this course that I'm doing now with the University of Birmingham is actually better than the original course I auditioned for at the Conservatoire. The Conservatoire audition was a stepping stone to the master's degree. It wasn't even a full master's. It's kind of like, well, that just kind of put, it gave me a further push to what it was that I wanted to do. It realigned my certainty and reaffirmed my certainty with what I wanted to do. It's like, okay, I'm going to take that rejection. I'm going to use it as ammunition to fuel myself even further and say, well, okay, you've just said the word, the word that nobody ever says to Jay, don't ever say the word can't. Don't say the word can't to me because that's just asking for trouble. Don't do it because I will stomp all over it. Don't tell me I can't do that because I will show you otherwise. <laughs> that's amazing. That is so good. <laughs> I'm sitting here with this big grin on my face. Saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, can't is not. The only time I say can't is when I have literally tried and tried and tried at something and it's like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I can't figure this out. And even then, it's like, I can't figure this out. Right. Let me go get some help. Yeah. Yes. Let me find out how. Let me just find out yeah. how and then give me another try. But I yes. rarely, I rarely have the word can't in my dictionary. I don't, I don't like that word very much because it just means I've stopped. It means I've quit. It means I've given up. So yeah, I'll just find a way around it. Find a way. You'll find mm. a way through or around or yes. over or under, but Always. you'll find a way. And I think that is, that's life, right? Yes. That's, that's yes. how we want to live our lives. Yes. Okay. So, um, is there a way that your music has impacted the life of others? Do you think your, your music or your art? Your three, you know pick what? one. Yeah, pick one, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Um, yeah, because, um, yes, it has, because I think people have seen the fuel that I have and the determination and almost stubbornness to just keep going. And I think that maybe kind of fuels other people along as well. I think other people see it and think, you know what, if Jay can do it, with all due respect, Jay, we love you, but if you can do it, then surely I can give this a go. I mean, come on. I mean, with all due respect, I'm winging life right now. I, half the time, I have no idea what I'm doing. I wake up and my day is like, right, what shall I do today? Ha ha ha. What, what, what craziness can I achieve today? And I think people see that and think, well, you know, I love the life that Jay's got. She seems to just yeah. kind of grab it and just runs with it. So what, and she looks like she's really enjoying it. So can I do that as well? Yes, I can. And 
yeah. I try and encourage people as much as possible. If I see someone or someone talks to me and says, Jay, I'm really thinking about doing such and such, but I just don't think I'd be able to do it. It's like, well, you know what? Just have a go. Just maybe, you know, stick your toe in the water and just see what it's like. If you enjoy it, then run with it, go with it and just see what happens. And I think just, I think impacting others has just come from um, just encouraging them. I think it's important to encourage people whenever and wherever possible. So yeah, has it impacted, have I impacted others? Yes. And in what way just encouragement and support because yeah. we should do that. People need to do that more often. I think it's important and we don't do it enough. I hundred hundred and fifty percent percent is enough, of course. No. But I, I I so agree that we need to encourage each other. Yes. And uh, you know, I, I don't know why we don't do it more often because it's amazing how when you encourage someone, even if it's a few words, how it really lifts them and gives them renewed hope. Yes. Right. And um it doesn't cost a lot for us to do it either. It doesn't, <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't cost a lot for us to do, but it does in some ways because um, it's weirdly sc- a scary thing for people to do. So yeah. So um, for a person to encourage someone else, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of it. It's like psychological stuff that goes along with it. I'm not going to go into detail because wow, that's a whole other podcast. I know. <laughs> we should do one. Yeah, we should. We really should. Um, I mean, just, just saying, but I was talking to my mum the other day about possibly finishing this master's and then doing another master's in some sort of performance psychology, but that's a whole other thing. We'll, we'll come to that another time. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, we have a lot of fear. Everyone has so mm. much fear and, um, I, I have a lot of fear as well, but I use it um, to kind of push me forwards. But in terms of in terms of encouraging and supporting other people, it's hard because we are so wrapped up in our own fear. It's hard to stick our head out and see what someone else is doing. Um, and we have to be pretty close to somebody else to say, do you know what? You are doing a fantastic job. Just keep going. Just keep, keep going. going. And we have to be so certain of ourselves to say, you are doing amazing. I'm, I'm pretty confident in myself, in my own little world, but I see what you're doing and you're doing brilliantly. So you should definitely keep going. It's hard to do that because a lot of us just aren't confident enough in ourselves to feel that we can dish out confidence for other people. It, it's fear-based. So much of it is fear-based. That's really, that's really interesting. I didn't, even, I didn't think of it like that mm. because... Uh, Typically, I would encourage people, and maybe it's because I feel a certain level of confidence in what I'm doing. And but I admit that, yeah, I still have fear, uh, fears, and sometimes it's about, oh, well, what would happen if I do? What would happen, what would if, happen, I happen do? if? Yeah, and you know, it's that, it's that old like comfort zone kind of thing that wants to keep you where you are, where it feels safe, but it's yes. not. Really- because if you're stuck in the same place and you're not moving forward it's not really it's not really safe you know what I mean yes and and it's more like uh trying to use that fear and I my thing is that well what if I look back in a few years and I find that there's something I could have done but I haven't done it because I was scared to do it and that puts the fear of God into me I have to say it you know, I think we only have one. We only we don't get a do over in nope. this life, right? Not even no, not even slightly. And I, and like I said, I haven't got time to hang around thinking to myself, "Oh, but what if?" But what if? Yeah, There's, I haven't got time. There was a wonderful um, analogy that I came up with a wonderful friend of mine, um, and we talked about um, the, the circus flea. And apparently, in the circus, you get, you get these fleas that you put in. A, it's a weird thing. You put a flea in a jar and you put the lid on the jar. 
and the flea will jump and jump and jump and keep hitting its head on the lid. It gets to the point where the flea will only jump as high as the lid to the point where you can take the lid off and the flea will never, ever jump out of the jar. Hmm. We, we are all those fleas. We are all those fleas. We are all jumping, trying not to hit our head on the lid, but there's no lid there. So what we should actually do is just stop jumping and just take a second to just look up. Yeah, that's uh, another profound. <laughs> <laughs> just look up, man. Look, yeah, look it's look amazing. Up. See that? It's sky. Go for it. Jump for it. Go. Do it. Jump now. Jump. Jump. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So we should all, you know, and maybe even put our fear aside to put, you know, put it aside and try and encourage people, you know, not yes. even yeah. uh, if we if we want to move forward, because I th- believe what we encourage people to do, it, it all comes back in a way, right? So yes. as we encourage other people, other people will encourage us, yes. you know, not necessarily the same people, but we have to, we have to give out. We have to put that out there and, and, and not keep it all bottled in and yeah. let, let control what it is we do say and think because I think you know that is so um limiting in a yes. way, you know so yeah, absolutely but it's, it's really really cool to 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 hear this and I, I I totally agree and I I'm hoping that people hearing this will take encouragement from this in and of themselves and say you know they can do it you can you can do this yeah absolutely and if you find yourself <laughs> saying oh but clearly she's had loads and loads of coaching and training it's like no 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 you can't even say that because you don't know still don't know all of my story so yeah. you know and there are times when yeah i'm scared i'm not i'm not fearless i think if you haven't got any fear at all then there's something wrong doing something yeah, wrong yeah you're doing something wrong there should be an element of fear but it is just how you use it and i think if you're if you're already saying okay yeah that's all very well jay but i can't do that well then no you won't ever be able to do it because you already said that you can't do it yeah Yes, you've already cut yourself off. You've already right. cut yourself off. Yeah, you're already done. Yeah. You've, or, you've yeah. already said you can't do it. So, okay, fine. Don't bother then. Just go, <laughs> go and sit back down. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I mean. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> I tell you, it's Saturday morning here and it's raining outside and I'm having a laugh <laughs> with, my girl, with my girl from Birmingham. You know. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on before yeah. I just dissolve here. Okay, so Jay, you do um, weddings and private functions around the world and um, I'm guessing that you are, so you're a creative entrepreneur and from your story so far, it's, it's you know, that's, that is so clear. And so how do you how do you find gigs and grow your audience and balance this with life mm. genuinely and remain sane? <laughs> sane. Well, yeah, I, motivated I, can't, and so on. I can't comment about remaining sane. I can comment on other stuff, but I don't know about remaining sane. So <laughs> I, I'm not one to comment on that. You're asking the wrong person. I'm asking the wrong person. Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. I've got nothing on that. <laughs> I kind of thought that might be your answer, actually. <laughs> I can't lie. I can't lie about that. Um, growing hard, oh, growing, growing my audience. Um, staying. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love, I love social media. I love Instagram. I am hooked on Instagram and I've, I'm, I'm on a Facebook, um, kind of cut off right now. I've literally just taken some time off of Facebook because, um, it kind of, it has a tendency to kind of start to stifle me a little bit and I kind of get sucked in and then I end up starting to think, oh no, this is, what's this? Or oh, so-and-so's doing such and such, or maybe I should be doing that. And you see that it's the whole fake lives of everybody else. 
Yes. But with Instagram, with a, I have it's I've had it carefully curated, so I'm very conscious about whom I follow um, and the posts that I like, and with a view to being very cautious about what Instagram shows me. Um, and as a result, being connected with people who want to be true to themselves makes it easier for me to grow an audience. I don't have thousands and thousands of followers. I think I've actually backed down to just under a thousand followers. I had a massive call recently, mm. but it just means that I'm a clearer target for others and I see my own targets clearer as well. So just don't be afraid to be small because being small means that you kind of have room to grow. And as you grow, people see you quicker than if you're already ginormous and surrounded by billions of people and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's just such and such. Oh yeah, it's fine. They're already sorted. They've already got their audience. Mm. I can't, it's really tough. I can't explain it, but that's how I felt about it. And it just seems to work. With regards to advertising, I have um, carefully placed adverts. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name drop. But I was originally, I thought, oh, I'm supposed to be on all the big wedding blogs and all the big kind of music advertising services and all of these things. But actually, no, it's just um, do your research. Just do your research. Look at what works for you. If you're particularly niche, and let's face it, I am quite niche. I mean, I don't know any other solo wedding cellists. I don't, of all my cellist friends, I don't know any of them who play solo cello at weddings. Mm. Um, So just if you are niche, then look at the niche markets, look at the niche industries and look to see what advertising potentially is going to work for you. Don't throw yourself into somewhere just because everybody else is doing it. And again, it's this whole, don't be intimidated, be inspired. See what works. Look at what's going to work for you. Um, And just, it's exhausting, but just Hmm. stay connected, stay connected with people who matter to you because they become your advocates. They will sing and shout your praises without you even having to ask them. And that's a wonderful thing to happen when you get to that stage and it happens naturally. It's wonderful. It's so, so, so wonderful. And my friends do that for me and I don't ever ask them. And they have no idea how thankful I am that to them that they do it. But at the same time, I will do the same for them. You know, if I see something pop up, in one of my numerous timelines, I will say, oh, that reminds me, I, I know just the right person for that, my friend, such and such, let me recommend you. And it goes backwards and forwards. And it's just, it's yeah. staying true to the, oh, here's another, oh, here's another anecdote. Stay true to the fair of few. Don't, you know, don't go and throw yourself out to the masses. Stay true to the fair of few. It just makes more sense. It really just makes more sense. Yeah. Stay true to the fair of few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love these. You've got another, but I like this one. Stay true to the fair of few. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you're full of these gems of oh, wisdom. I, to, I don't even know where they come from, but they just seem to fall out. I'm like, yeah, there's another one. Let me write that one down. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. If it works, it works. Yes, if it works, use it. But, you know, on a serious note, I think this is so, this is so true. Again, it's so true. You know, we get sucked into, oh, what should we do on yeah. social media? And, and the tendency is to follow the herd yes. and try and get 10,000 followers Ugh, who, no. never, who never have the time to interact with you anyway, no. or that, you know, don't respond because, you know, for whatever reason, like, how can you respond when you've got 10,000, 15,000 followers? No. You just can't do it. No. So you don't do it. Right. But, you know, it's really kind of, it's really kind of looking at these markers of so-called success are maybe not markers of success. No, they're not. No, 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 no. Right. So it's being able to take 
to, to step back and look at that and see what works for you rather than just um, following and, and, you know, exactly. doing, the lemon, doing the lemon thing. Well, it, this is it. I mean, it goes back to the flea, doesn't it? We're all jumping, trying to hit the ceiling and there's no feeling. So just stop jumping and just take a second yeah. to look around for it, you know, just Absolutely. actually absorb and acknowledge what it is that you actually want rather than just trying to jump with the rest of the crowd and assume that that's what you're supposed to be doing because more often than not, it's not. Take a step back and just look. Yes, and then do what works for you and, yeah. and stick to that and be confident enough to stick to that. Yes. All right. So that's that's fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, so let's move on. Right, I've got a really biggie one here. What are your two biggest challenges and how do you meet or overcome them? I told you it was big. <laughs> I told you it was big, girl. Oh, so, gosh. You know. Do you know what? Straight away, my first biggest challenge is my mental health. Okay. It is my mental health. Okay. I have to manage it so carefully. Um, and perhaps that's why I am where I am now, because I am constantly trying to look after myself. I can't look after anyone else if I can't look after myself. So I have to look after myself. Um, and my mental health, um, with all due respect, it's a dangerous thing. It's a terrifying thing. It's, it can be out of control. It can be perfectly in control. Um, I have to manage that. And it's, it's, it's a challenge. Every day it is a challenge. You know, yes, I wake up every day and say, right, what can I do today? Uh, it's that thought is quickly followed by, okay, well, what is my mental health going to allow me to do? What is my mental health going to dictate what is it going to say yeah no that's not happening today and there are days when I wake up and say what am I going to do today what's today's challenge well today I'm just going to sit down and do nothing because that's all I can do that's all Mm -hmm. I can manage right now and it's important that I learn to accept that there will be days when I just do nothing and it's not necessarily doing nothing doing nothing is doing something because I'm just I'm just resting and I as part of my mental health self-assessment I have to remind myself that I'm not doing nothing. I'm resting. It's important to me that I do this. Um, again, with regards to mental health, it's, um, I have to stay authentic. Um, as soon as I start trying to be something that I'm not, I'm, I'm messing myself up. I'm screwing myself over. And it's, it's dangerous to not stay authentic for me personally. It's, we, as the, in the creative industry, we are all, we're all delicate in the creative industry. We artists are, we are, we are delicate flowers. We beat ourselves up all too quickly. We say things to ourselves that we wouldn't dream of saying to friends, but we say it to ourselves at the drop of a hat. And, you know, I Mm. think we have to, self-care is so important. So yeah, um, mental health, first biggest challenge without question. Um, and I manage that by, um, I stay, as I said, I stay authentic. I will talk to my friends. I, again, having the right friends in the right places. Um, I recognize the signs of when things are going a bit pants or when I need to take a break or when I need to just say, look, uh, guys, I can't do this right now. Self-care time. I need to step away. Um, the biggest thing with regards to um, meeting my mental health challenges is to be open. Mm. Um, we, depression is still a taboo subject, but not as much as before, but it's still a taboo subject. But when I'm hitting rock bottom, rather than cower away in a corner, I will be very open and on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever social media will say, guys, I'm about to hit rock bottom. And it looks like this. This is what it is like. This is my life. We're all keen to post the, the wonderful highs and how amazing everything is. Oh yeah. Life is so great. Look, I've just done this. Look, I've just done that success, success. 
But it's not all swings and roundabouts. There are low moments. And again, in staying authentic and being open, certainly when it comes to mental health, it makes it more manageable because it makes me human and it makes people recognize that I'm human and it just makes me more approachable. And it's kind of like just all feeds into itself. And that's, yeah, it's a challenge and it's hard and it's scary and terrifying, but it's, I've recognized it's what needs to be done. So yeah, biggest challenge number one, mental health without question, (laughs) without question. Yeah. That's a big one. It is huge. It is really huge. And it's, it's, taken people keep saying to me jay you're so brave how do you do it you're so brave and i think i'm not brave i'm just being me but perhaps maybe that's bravery in itself just being oneself just just being you is takes an element of bravery i understand that i don't see it as bravery within me but i think other people doing it yeah i'm like yeah that's brave Uh, i applaud them but you know what should it be it's it's kind of sad that it's people take that as being brave you know when you think when you think about it it's scary that people being yourself is seen as being brave yeah it's insane it should be the default it should be the default right it should should be bonkers it is utterly bonkers completely back to front and that that that, that's that's scary because it means that everybody else is terrified to be themselves or, or or show themselves and you're so right about everybody posts all the lovely things on Facebook and so on. And it's like, nobody has any problems in their lives because they're too scared to post when things are going pants and when things are going pear shaped. Yes, absolutely. Because it's going to break the carefully constructed mirror of how wonderful uh, things are. Keep your mirror, thanks. I have no interest (laughs) in it whatsoever because it's fake. It's false. It's false. And if we hear that, Hey, everybody else has, you know, bad times and we're in the valleys and so on that that actually is more helpful to think because it means okay so I'm not alone right exactly (laughs) that is the that is the most common thing I hear whenever I post about my mental health struggles and when I'm in the pits of depression and I've got all kinds of stuff going on inside my head when I post about it on Facebook or whatever social media the the biggest most common reply is I'm so glad because I thought it was just me, Jay. I'm so glad I'm not alone. It's not just me. I'm so glad you said this because now I feel like I can connect. I'm so glad wow. you said this because I, I, I now I can, I've got something to relate to. I'm so glad you said this because now I feel more normal. It's this. And I'm just like, why don't people just why do don't it? Just, just do why it? Just you know? Why, why does it have to do it? Anyway. Okay. Well, that's, that's a biggest. That's a bigger. That's another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> all of these, but all of these are really deep things, you know, in and of themselves. So yeah. I'm really, so I'm really glad that um, you know, in your, this is how you are, right? I'm really glad that you shared that because it is, it is important. It yes. is, um, you know, don't have all the answers, but you're just um, sharing this, and I think it's, it's great. So what's your second challenge before we lose that one? Oh, second challenge. Um, I think only as a result of doing this master's degree is performance anxiety, which I suppose is linked to mental health. But um, so I, I mean, I love, I, it's really weird. I love performing. I love playing my cello. It's amazing. It's, it's an honor. It's a gift. It's heck of an opportunity. It's all the most amazing things. But, uh, and this is where my fear is. So when mm. I am to perform for, for example, for a recital or for a concert, um, or like an orchestral solo or anything where I'm playing, there's a moment where I'm playing my cello by myself. If it's a wedding, it's fine. I can do it if it's a wedding. But if I'm performing and the focus is 100% on me, you can guarantee I am scared. I am 
utterly terrified. And at the minute, it is a challenge to work through that. And it's one of the reasons for doing the performance degrees, because I want to learn how to break that. I want to learn how to fix it, how to improve it. And it's, it frustrates me because it holds me back. But I, you know, like I said, I'm like, okay, well, here's a problem. I would like to fix it because I don't want to live with it. So how can I fix it? Um, so yeah, that is currently, currently my biggest, second biggest challenge. But if you were to ask me again in a few months time, that second biggest challenge would be something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it would be com- I don't even know what it would be, but it would be completely different. I know it would be yeah. something else. Yeah, this is a, it's, it's quite a, a big one, but interesting that you're, you're already looking at how to fix it. You yes. know? Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. so that it doesn't hold you back and it may be, okay, so I know this is there, but I know I'm going to be able to master it and control it. Exactly. So, so and that it doesn't, you know. That's why, um, and I think that's why my second challenge, second biggest challenge will always change because hmm. with the first biggest challenge being mental health, I can't fix it. There is no cure. I can manage it, but I can't fix it. So that will always be my biggest challenge. Yeah, but any yeah. other challenges will come and go because I will always find a way to fix them or manage them or cure it or sort it out or do away with it or whatever. Just it will change all the time, and it's just because yeah, because I'll always find a way around it. But mental yeah. health is always my first biggest it's challenge. A big one, always. yeah. Recognized, very recognized. Mm. Okay, so you have this awesome quote, which I I found, which you said, and uh, you said the problem with being born not yes. to fit in is that you have to take the flack when you shine and stand out. That's okay. So what does it, what does it, what does this mean to you? And so what encouragement can we take from those of us who don't always fit in? And I'm speaking from my own perspective because lifetime, I mean, I've never fitted in. No, <laughs> I've never felt that I fitted in and it took a while before I could just accept that because through my life, um, the, the, the pressure has been, you have to fit in. This mm-hmm. is the right way to do things. This is how people be. This is how successful people look. Yes. And if you don't meet those looks and those, you know, if you don't fit into that box and people are always trying to pigeonhole you. But, mm-hmm. you know, from my perspective, you know, being being black and being a woman, it's been OK. Right. It's up on a different uh, thing. And yeah. I've not really <laughs> I've not really used that. I've not really let that hold me back because after a while I thought, well, stop that. I just, <laughs> it's yeah. not like there's an awful lot you can do about it, right? There's nothing I could do about other people's opinions no. so they can take their opinions and go fly. So, In but, it though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's it, annoyingly, maybe it's something that I've had to kind of, okay, I recognize this, but I'm going to move forward it, yes. forward from it. So from, from your perspective and um, tell, tell us a little bit what, about why you said that, because I completely agree with it. But what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you, this quote? So this quote came about um, when I was working my way back into the music industry. And it was the realization that um, I want to do this. I want to play my cello. I want to be in orchestras to an extent, um, again, just because of the politics within um, industry, the industry and of, of being a black female cellist. Um, I want to be in the wedding industry. I want to play my cello. And it's understanding that I want to do all of these things, but I needed to understand that quite literally, um, being in that position meant I was going to stand out because of how I look, because of how I talk, because of how I behave, because of how I dress, because of how I manage myself, because of my lifestyle, all of the things, every single thing that I do makes me unintentionally makes me stand out. I had to address and acknowledge to myself that it was, this is okay. This is fine because it's just me being me. And as I said before, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, 
then that's fine. It's really fine to be me. But the problem came with the realization that there are going to be people who no matter what I do, were not going to like it. They were going to have a problem. No matter what decision I made, whether I tried to fit in or whether I decided to just continue standing out, somebody somewhere was always going to dislike what I did. I had to acknowledge from a really weirdly young age that I was never born to to fit in. Um, I knew from a very early age that I was going to stand out, but no matter what I did, um, I was never going to sort of blend into the crowds. And it took a long time to understand that. I think perhaps because I started to learn the lesson at such a young age, you know, playing the cello as a five-year-old, this little black girl with like hair and a million little <laughs> pigtails and whatever, yeah, like yeah. Hair, hair clips for days. And it's like, you know, I was yeah. never going to fit in. You know, it, yeah. was just, it was inevitable. I remember standing at the bus stop um, as a slightly older kid waiting to go to school or whatever. And people see me with my cello and be like, oh, what, are you on your way to a soul band rehearsal? It's like, no, I'm on oh my way God. to... Uh, you go, no, I'm going to orchestra. It's like, you go to orchestra? And it'd be like, oh, good grief. Okay, all right, here we go. So learning lessons like that from such a young age meant I had to acknowledge this and understand what was happening. And it just meant that, I, you know, people aren't going to like what I do. And that's fine because that's, that's on them. It's not on me. It's not, that's not my thinking. That's their thinking. It, that's their problem, if it is a problem, for them to sort out. That is their issue, if it is an issue, for them to deal with. And maybe one day they'll say, actually, do you know what? Jay's really cool for doing what she's doing. Good on her. Just, but I don't want anything to do with it. That's fine. And I would just say, okay, that's fine. We'll just step away. I'll do this over here. And then, you know, we'll meet in the middle at another time. But you do end up taking the flack. And it's okay to take the flack. Just don't take it on board. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. And that's, that's been the learning curve coming back in is people will throw all kinds of stuff your way. And it's hard to manage because you think, oh, ugh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should actually just go back to trying to conform. But then you have to remind yourself, no, it's okay. People are going to be annoyed that you do what you do and they are going to be upset or feel threatened by what mm. you do. But that's not your problem. That's theirs. That's theirs to deal with. And it's just understanding that is, it's tough. It's been really it tough. tough. Um, last year was a particularly difficult year in learning that lesson. And it's kind of being re-stamped home for me personally. But yeah, it's hmm. just remembering that it's not yours. It's theirs. It's their problem. You do your thing. Let them do theirs. And yes. just don't upset anyone in the process. That- <laughs> No, that's really powerful and profound, Jay. And, you know, it's really um, not just believing in yourself, but but um, how will I put this? What it is you feel about yourself is what matters, yes. not what other people think or choose to think about you, because people are going to think what they're going to think and do what they're going to do. Yeah, you have and no like, say over that. You can't control that. You can't control that. And that's what, you know, I've been learning as well, that really a lot of the things that sometimes we take on board, as you say, are things that we cannot control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that saps energy out of us, energy that we should be using to build our own exactly. um, agency and our own voice and our own selves. And it's, it's like a distraction. It's like an insidious distraction, yes. really. But yes. Just spend time worrying about a million things that other people say, a million opinions that other people have. And then all of a sudden it's that you don't have any energy to even no. think about how you're going to pursue your own goals and things. And no. then you're so de- demoralized and discouraged because you think, well, you've taken in all this stuff right yes. and it's like no we've got to keep that out <laughs> yeah and with all respect i've got enough 
the way my mental health is, I've got enough to worry about as it is. Exactly. I really don't want to take up somebody else anymore. It's true. It's enough. Job, thank you. I don't exactly. want it. <laughs> I think I think more of us need to be thinking along those lines. Like, no, is this something that you want to permit to come in? No, and no, then just keep no, it away. No, absolutely. Uh, but it's something that we have to do. If we don't do it, then it's amazing how it just kind of sweeps us away. Yeah, so. and it festers and it grows. And before you know yeah. it, you've lost sight. And it's it's a, it's a sad thing. But you've got to yeah. self-management. You've got to really main, maintain that self-management. It's so important. It really yeah. is. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. So um, I, I love that. That's why I really wanted to talk about that that one with you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, Jay, where can people find out more about you? And as I go into this, I, I know you're going to send me the, the link to your website. And yes. I also I also if you are uh, if you want to, if you've got any pieces of your music that you've got, I would love to include that as well. <laughs> but at least include links to it to people to listen to or even include it in the recording. But where can people um, find out more about you, your work, what you do, and how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Yeah, sure thing. So there's kind of, my website is primarily um, text because I'm just rubbish at sitting down for five minutes and updating a website. So I'm like, no, <laughs> more interesting things in life. I don't want to do this right now. So um, true. I mean, seriously, it's just so boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very active. I've just had a little bit of a timeout, but I'm very active on Instagram. So mm-hmm. follow Instagram stories, but also Instagram highlights. I'm trying to get into the habit of recording myself more often. Um, it's, uh, it's something I don't do as often as I should do because I don't know why. Maybe there's still a little bit of fear in, you know, sort of playing for the masses where the focus mm. again is on myself. It's that whole performance anxiety. And one of the reasons why I'm now starting to record more on Instagram is because I'm seeing it's the second biggest problem. So it's like, well, I need to find a way to manage it. How can I do it? Well, I could perform my cello, record myself, post it on Instagram, get used to performing. So like I said, ask me again in a month's time, performance anxiety will not be my second biggest issue. <laughs> um, so yeah, Instagram primarily, Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And as I said, there are some on highlights and there's probably the odd snippet on my main Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than anything, it's to hear me solo cello, you need to be at a wedding. <laughs> right, right. You need to be at a wedding, ironically. Yeah. Over the, Good I think point. as I get better at um, as I go further into this degree, there will be more opportunities that I will perhaps become, no, that I will become braver in creating whereby it is just me and my cello. So it's just me and Sid doing some kind of recital. And mm-hmm. I'll get used to posting those publicly and saying, look, guys, I'm playing my cello. Please come and listen. But mm. yeah, um, I will send you links to Instagram and to yes. um, various bits and pieces. There might be some um, sometimes on Facebook as well. Uh, on yes. my page where I'll say, oh, look, I've got this concert coming up. Come and hear me play. Or I'm playing with this orchestra again. Come and hear me play with this orchestra. It's really going to be really good fun. So, yeah, it's social media, always social media. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So people listening, you're going to know how to get in touch with Jay and go listen to her when she's got things available and weddings and performances. And yes. uh, hey, maybe maybe when I'm over in the, I will be over in, in September, but I probably won't be. You're in Birmingham, right? I am. Yes. Jay? Yes. I didn't even say that at the beginning of the, the, the recording. I usually say that where my guest is from. I was so excited. I just dived in and started chatting. <laughs> no, I think you did. I think you did. I think you did. But yeah, well, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but yeah who knows I, 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 I'm hopeful that in the future I will actually get to listen to you um, play solo and I, I'm I'm sure that uh, it will be 
something to listen to. Oh, thank you. I'll put it on my bucket on my bucket list of right. things I'm gonna do. Yes. You know? Yes. So there you go. There you Definitely. go. I've said it. And I've said it and I've said it in public. So now I have to do yeah. it. Well, exactly. You put it out there now. And I'm a big believer in putting it out there. You put it out yes. there, it's gonna happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, what am I doing? I'm saying these things in public. No, but seriously, I, I, I really hope that I, I do get to do I will do that. Let's even say not hope. I will get yes. to do that. As long as you're playing, then I'll I'll find a way to come and listen to you. There it is. All right. So Jay, what's your vision? What's your vision for yourself, your art, your music, your creative life? And um where do you feel you are on that journey? Oh. <laughs> if you can say that in like a couple of minutes. I know, right? I'm like, well, all casual like. Um, <laughs> the, what my vision? Growth. Always growth. I am I grow all the time. I am always learning all the time. Um, and I just want to keep doing that because it's, it's just, it, that is my journey. Growth and learning is a journey in itself. Um, and I always kind of want to do learning bigger and better than I did previously. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm rubbish at, <laughs> I'm rubbish at academics. Uh, so, you know, I did my undergrad degree back when I was a 19, 20, sorry, I was 20. And then, mm. you know, it's like some 20 years later and here I am finally doing my postgrad. So I'm rubbish at academics, but, I kind of take inspiration from my mum, bless her. She's, she's kind of ridiculously phenomenal. She's, she's, she's her birthday today. She turned 69 today. She's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Happy to birthday, mum. To Jay's mum. Happy Yay! birthday from the world to Jay's mum. Oh, that's fantastic. But I mean, to put things into context, she, she has three master's degrees and she has a PhD. Wow. And she's done all of those, I think, in the last, in the last 20 years. So, and she left wow. school, I think, with no qualifications. Um, but she's uh, an example that, you know, she's, she's always growing. She's always learning. She has a thirst for knowledge. Mm. Um, and I think I've kind of picked up on that in some ways and just seeing her do that. I think, you know, what I love this and knowing that it's doable, even at, you know, even at 40 years old with two kilos and trying to keep this job going and all these things, I just see myself as saying, yeah, actually, just because I've got all these things in place doesn't mean I can't, doesn't mean I have to stop growing. Doesn't mean I have to stop doing these things. I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. So where am I on my journey? I don't know because I don't see a final destination. There is no yeah. kind of, learning has no end. I am yeah. always learning. So yeah, lots and lots and lots of growth. Whatever I'm doing, I want to do it bigger and better than I was previously. And that just means I'm always just going to keep going always. And, and you will. I was just thinking you absolutely will. Yes. And uh, going to love seeing, seeing where you go and how far you go, which is you've got no, no, no limits. There right? are no limits. There are no never limits. any limits. No, not at all. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we've already talked about social media at length. So I think we've kind of covered that, how you use it and mm. how it's helping you reach your artistic goals. Um, and you've already, you've already recommended it to other artists and how to, to do that. So I'm going to, so what I'm going to ask you now is that what do you have two tips for artists and creatives, you know, musicians, I call us all artists because we're all artists in our own, in our own right, who'd like to do what you're doing or who maybe want to live a more creative or entrepreneurial life. Any tips for them? Yeah, straight away. The first two, two things that pop to mind first, be brave, be mm-hmm. brave, declare it, whatever you want, declare it and be brave and go for it. Don't say, don't eliminate the word can't from your vocabulary. Change it to, okay, maybe. Even maybe is better than can't. But be brave. Set those goals. Set those, set those targets. I think, you know what? 
I want to do that. That's awesome. I want to do that. Just And then just go for it. And it's just it, a lot of it perhaps is just being brave. We are not brave enough. We, um, we have, we all carry so much fear. Artists carry so much fear. We don't yeah. like being judged. We don't like, we don't, sometimes we don't even like being seen, but sometimes being seen is what makes things a little bit easier because the more we see each other, the more real we all become, which yes. leads me onto my second tip. Be authentic. Mm. Be authentic. Be yourself. Let people see who you are. I mean, that, oh, that's me being brave in saying just be authentic. The two go hand in hand. But the more of us that do it, the more normal it is. It becomes normalized. And it just takes a small group of people to start doing this, to start being brave and being authentic to make it more normal. And suddenly everything gets significantly easier, in my opinion. That's how it's been for me. I'm not saying it's easy. It's just been easier Mm -hmm. than before. So, yeah, Yeah. straight up, be brave, be authentic. Absolutely, without question. Thank you. That's uh, that is just really wonderful. Thank you. Those great tips. Great tip. Um, So, Jay, any last thoughts you'd like to share? (laughs) Uh, <laughs> kind of like another tip but... <laughs> how much but time no, no. do we have uh... <laughs> we actually have to wrap it up this is actually this is my longest episode with you oh, I'm sorry. It, it seemed, no no don't apologize it seems so short because it's like oh my god i just want to hear what you want you, what, what you got to say so, we've been talking um, five minutes what <laughs> i tell you i tell you Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, I have to absolutely. say, there's no truer word than that. But um, I know we're wrapping it up in a little bit. But any last thoughts? I'm serious. Any last thoughts that you would like to share, just to to as a, as a wrap up for this? Um, enjoy, hilariously, actually, just after what we've just said, and after this whole interview, enjoy the moments, enjoy them, because yeah. we, you know, we've said we only get one shot at this, and if we're not living, then what is the point? Why are we even doing this? I pick up Sid and I think, oh, this is amazing. I feel alive. I literally feel alive when I am doing what it is that I want to do. And I enjoy that. It's it's a phenomenal and incredible feeling. So, you know, coupled with the previous tips and suggestions, all those things, just live and enjoy it and make the most of it. Be afraid if you need to be afraid from time to time, but don't be afraid all the time because then you can't live. You can't, there is no room then for growth. There is no room then for understanding. And, you know, you you look back on the things you created and you'll end up going, oh, I should have done this. I could have done that. So just Mm -hmm. live. No regrets. Absolutely no regrets. You'll think you regret whatever you've done, but don't regret it because it's shaped you to who you are today. I don't have any regrets. There have been times when I thought, really, Jay? I mean, really? <laughs> Did you really just? But <laughs> hindsight is a wonderful thing. And, you know, as yeah. a result, I think, yeah, okay, maybe I messed that up. But if I hadn't have done that, then I wouldn't be in this particular position today. And I'm in a good position, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And you've shared of yourself and your life. And it's just been phenomenal, Jay. I have to Thank say, you. I'm so glad I reached out to you. <laughs> if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast because it's been everything I'd hoped for and more. Oh, yay! Uh, <laughs> as soon as we kicked on, I thought, this is going to be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. And um, so I really want, I'm, we're going to wrap this up now, but Jay, I want to thank you again so much oh, for an absolute this time. Pleasure. 
this morning. I want to thank you for sharing your life and your work. And I have to say, it is so exciting. It was so exciting just to hear you um, um, share and talk about all of your life, everything you've talked about on this on this podcast. And uh, I, I know when listening back to it, I'm just going to be laughing and, <laughs> laughing and and say, yes, okay, I'll write this down. All right, I'll write this down again. Yes. And I actually hope we can chat and do another um, chat in the future because yes, there's please. so many things that you raise to do with artists and how we might move ourselves forward that I think will be really great for people to hear. You have such a lot of wisdom there. We all have wisdom. and. I think it, it's just great where we can share it with each other. Yes, and yes. We don't we don't do that enough. We come become wrapped up in our own little worlds yes. and we struggle alone. And it it helps no one, right? Least no, not at all. No, not at all. Not even so, slightly. Uh, not even slightly. So I wanted to say thank you for thank you again for um, for being here and agreeing to um, to come on this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. You're amazing. This is so cool. Oh, thank you. It's really really thank cool. You. Thank you. So, I, I think it's cool. I love talking to artists and I especially love talking about, you know, what inspires and what motivates them, where they've been, where they've come from and how they're moving forward. Uh, yes. Because I just think it's, it's just great for us to, to hear this and be encouraged as we've talked about. And I think we've covered the gamut through, through Jay's life. Yes. <laughs> it's been a heck of an intense ride. <laughs> it has been an intense and, and a wonderful ride. Yes. A w- wonderful ride. So thank you so much. Okay, everybody, I'm going to wrap up this wonderful interview with JM from Birmingham in England. If you hadn't guessed, it was Birmingham. <laughs> A fellow, a fellow Brit, uh, another fellow Brit. I think you're about the second I've interviewed, if not the third. I don't know. Ooh. I just seem to gravitate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but um, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, and Jay will will include. I'll include some links to Jay's Instagram and social sites in yes. the show notes, and she's mentioned them. So you please go along and check them out and encourage her and give her a thumbs up and, and all of that. And say hi. Uh, always say hi. I love when people say hi. Yeah. Always say hi. Absolutely. Say yeah. hi. And um, yeah, I think that that'll, that'll really be great. Fantastic. Okay. So everybody, thanks for listening to Nikki James's Art Talk again. And we've had, uh, my guest has been JM from Birmingham in London. So take care of yourselves and bye for now. Listen to Nikki Jameson Art Talks with guest artist and solo wedding cellist JM from Birmingham, England. I hope you enjoyed our interview. You can find me, Nikki Jameson, at nikkijameson.com, Nikki Jameson Art, and Nikki J on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Take care and see you next time.